0: I'm your host, Stephen Gutteridge, and welcome to Mid South Moments. James Coleman is back for some more uncle nephew niche wrestling reviewing today. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I am feeling a little bit more alive after a major ha- hangover yesterday after Fulham's playoff victory. Um, I been really drunk much during lockdown, so um, actually, to be to be honest, I was probably worse after the semi-final. Um, Charlotte said I was as drunk and annoying as I'd ever been, uh, as, she, as she'd ever seen me, basically. So, uh, but, yeah, there's not much, not much really can do. The pub kicked us out after the game because they're supposed to close at ten. And they were kind of stretching the rules a little bit to allow us to stay in there until, um you know, extra time and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. strange old way to get promoted, but yeah, obviously very, very pleased. So I look forward you to had taking... a You had a photo, didn't you, the last time you got promoted, where you were like in absolute joy. Yeah. So uh, it's a shame that you couldn't have that again, but I mean... Well, yeah, exactly. I was about to say, I look forward to taking six points off Liverpool next season. So <laughs> We'll see. Yeah, we'll can't, see. can't wait for that. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting how... Uh, I mean, obviously, if we stay out, it will be incredible. But um, yeah, we, we we shall see. But it's been been. I can't remember when we last. It's been like a month ago now. Did, did you watch? Have you watched much of the sort of the, the football part from Liverpool? What have you thought about the behind closed door stuff? I haven't really enjoyed. it. Uh, don't get me wrong.
1: Like I've sort of given up on football now since uh, since you won the league. I don't mm. feel like I need to. We need to do anything else. So you've so. completed
0: it now basically. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, exactly. so
1: yeah, um, but yeah. No, I watched Champions League yesterday. Um, the United game. Uh, But other than that, like, sorry, it was the Europa League yesterday, wasn't it? Um, So, watch that, but again, just interest is gone now that we've finally
0: done it, so. Yeah, exactly. I remember my, a couple of my Chelsea, Chelsea mates, um, when they won the Champions League, it's like, well, we've done it all now. It's like, whatever happens yeah. after this is a bonus. So yeah, exactly. um, right, right, we're going to talk about a very interesting uh, episode of Mid-South um, here today. So it's the August the 18th, 1984 episode of Mid-South Wrestling, um, which is episode 258 on YouTube. Um, so uh, Ross and Watts are at the desk today, and Ross says we have some exciting things to tell us all about, including a tag team match beyond compare with the Fantastics and the Midnight Express. And then what comes next is absolutely huge in the context of, of, of this promotion and the wrestling world at the time. Um, and here's a clip of Bill Watts explaining exactly what's happened.
1: Uh, the big topic of conversation is the Junkyard Dog and what's happened to him. And we don't really know. We do know that he's left the Mid-South area. And of course, Junkyard Dog was a great superstar for a lot of time. And I think... A lot of the pressure that Butch Reed has put on to him maybe finally affected him. I, the only thing I disagree with is he made a lot of obligations here, and he let the fan, fans down. But, you know, he's been under the gun for five years here in Mid-South, and Butch Reed is an awesome individual, and apparently it, it, it kind of made him crack or do something, and he's, he's sought uh, greener pastures, so to speak. That We, we don't know. This is all uh, summation and... and uh, speculation but certainly he's not here and he didn't show up in the matches that he was booked against butch reed and of course reed and Landell are going to take a lot of credit for that but right now we're going to go to boyd pierce in the ring and steve dr death who has an announcement
0: so Watts wrote the following in his autobiography on the junkyard's dog defection to WF. So you're going to get a bit of story time now, nice. uh, James. Yeah. So imagine <laughs> like perhaps, perhaps you're trying to get to sleep at night and you wanted to read Bill Watts' <laughs> autobiography. Um, so um, Vince fired a shot at Mid-South um, that definitely got my attention. Um, he snatched away the junkyard dog. It was a devastating blow. The worst thing was the way we found out. One night in August 1984, JYD just didn't show up and he never showed up again. Years later, Vince told me that he'd never told JYD not to show up for us, and I believe Vince. At least I think I do. Still, JYD walked out after all those good years. One might think some serious money change hands, wouldn't they? I had loaned JYD $10,000 in cash and 10000 more that I recorded. I ended up suing him, and the Louisiana Athletic Commission suspended him because he owed me $10,000. So he had to pay that back, but the half I loaned him in cash, I never saw again. It was a real loss to territory because we had built him up as the key guy, but what hurt me the most was the loss of that personal relationship I felt we had. Another sad thing to me was that he was a true superstar in our area, but when he went to Vince, he was just another guy there, even though Vince did make him a lot of money. I've seen it happen to a lot of guys, and I'll tell you, when a guy gets hooked on drugs, there's no way for him to think logically. That person sees life only through the filter of whatever drug or substance he's abusing. And if you're not a drugger, you can actually convince yourself that you can help someone through a problem like that. I believe JYD never recovered from cocaine. He made millions in his three years with Vince and he ended up losing it. He ended up with nothing. He told me all, it ended up getting smoked or going up his nose. So, this was a huge story for Mid South. Um, this perhaps wasn't to the level of if Hulk Hogan defected to Jim Crockett in 1987, but in the context of the time and Mid South wrestling um, and the time he spent in the promotion, all the houses drawn, this was a real hammer blow to Bill Watts. Yeah. Um, so the Junkyard Dog debuted for the World Wrestling Federation on 10th of August, 1984. So that's, that's just uh, eight days before this, um, this aired, this this uh, Mid-South episode. He defeated Max Blue in 470 in the Keele Auditorium in St. Louis. Um, he would remain in the WF until October 1988, and he debuted a little later that year for Jim Crockett, such WCW, where he would remain a little on and off until his last match in the promotion in July 1993 against Dick Slater, JYD's final career match occurred on the 24th of November 1995, which also happened to be my 14th birthday. Um, oh. I don't, I was I didn't attend, unfortunately. Um, that would have been a nice birthday treat. Um, going up against Red Roberts in Miami, Florida, um, he would tragically pass away in a single car accident on Interstate 20 near Forest, Mississippi, as he was returning from his daughter LaToya's high school graduation in Waysboro, North Carolina. Sylvester Ritter was just 45 years old at the time of his death. And he was posthumously inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in New York City the night before WrestleMania 20 in 2004, which I actually was there for. Wow. JYD was a former four time Mid South North American champion, eight time Mid South tag team champion, having debuted with the company as far back as 1979, and previously having been known in the area for work in the tri state promotion, the precursor to Mid South, as far back as April 1977. So there's a lot to digest there, uh, but going back over the Watts speech about JYD uh, putting over Butch Reed in the process, there seemed to be genuine upset and emotion there from Bill Watts. What did you think of this sort of real shocking announcement at the start of this episode? Well,
1: to me, uh, obviously, I've only watched five episodes of Mid South or five or six episodes of Mid South, so it, I knew he was a big guy. And obviously, knowing how all his career went afterwards, he was a name that I knew. So I imagined it was big, but I didn't appreciate it was as big as you've just told me. Um, so yeah, I, I sort of understood it was a big deal, but I mean, it went on the rest of the show, carried on like normal, didn't it? So yeah,
0: and I think it's it's, it's probably um, and again I can't speak so much for Mid South because I can't really speak about what I've seen so far. But once someone's gone. Bill Watts mentioned Nikolai Volkov once, um, but generally speaking, in this period in wrestling, if someone was gone, they're kind of a bit dead to the promotion. Like in the WWF, yeah. Hulk Hogan wouldn't have been mentioned after he was gone, um, yeah. even if he wasn't working anywhere else. And, and this, obviously, he, uh, Bill Watts felt that uh, you know, as as a um, as a person that was you know well respected by his fans, and 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 he. And he he tried to. I think Watts tried to tell an honest story and, and answer the questions that the viewer was looking for. Um, and I, I clearly he felt that he had to address this on air and for the people that either bought tickets to events that Joe I had not showed up for, or just were watching to tune in to see their favourite star. But yeah, I mean, it's, this is a big, a big loss, and, and not the first because they've lost a few people before this. But this is going to be a continuing theme as the months and years go on for this promotion. Um, so after Watts' speech, Ross throws to the ring where Steve Williams is with Boyd Pierce um, and this week uh, Boyd is wearing an excellent purple suit which is a solid 8 out of 10 on the Boyd Pierce fashionometer. Um, Do you like this suit? Have you got any, any like this, this purple suit?
1: Yeah, I saw that and I was like, sure, I'd wear that.
0: I would actually wear that. <laughs> like, uh, I'd wear that casually out as well. I did quite like it, yeah. See, I think quite Larry stuff's a lot. We, I talked about this with uh, Dan a few weeks ago. I think Larry stuff's quite back, isn't it? With like the whole Hawaiian shirt thing and all that sort of that's stuff. That's it, so, yeah. Yeah, everything that's old is new again at some point. He's ahead of his time, he is. He's, uh, he is, teams, yeah. He? Yeah, one absolutely. I wonder how much he did. <laughs> because he had a lot of them as well. You occasionally see the same suit, but he has a new one quite a lot. So I don't know yeah. how much he was spending on suits back in nineteen eighty four. Williams has a white bag, and he says that Taylor couldn't take the middle away from him. Mid-South hat. Mid-South had to. Like, I can't speak to that. I think I'm still struggling from, uh, <laughs> from that, that ill-advised bottle of Prosecco after, uh, after too many pints in the pub watching film the other night. Um, he has an award here, and he actually says the words, let me pull it out of my great sack. Um, and he then reveals an American football helmet. Williams says that that represents the toughest athlete in the squared circle, and he issues an open challenge uh, to friend or foe for the Dr. Death helmet. Williams then puts on the helmet and Boyd is quite positive in his winning structure. I mean, there's innuendo all over the place here, isn't there? We're yeah. talking about great sacks and helmets. So what did you think of Williams' uh, announcement here and also his his helmet, football helmet, obviously? Well,
1: mate, the way it's gone across, he actually came across like a helmet. Like... Um, it was really weird. Like, I understand Like he's saying it's the most, like you said, the most alpha thing you can get in wrestling. Forgetting belts, forgetting medals, forgetting trophies. Yep. Everyone obviously wants a football helmet, don't they? So I do understand
0: it. Like, I think absolutely the, the fact that he was a you know an, an American football star at college, but I think this was such a weird thing because this, this is a local hero that was like a dual, really, really, really... Uh, I, I'm, really really proficient in both amateur wrestling and also um college football um and, and he played in NFL as well and they yeah. turned him heel and I, I thought that was uh, the thing at the time is they they'd lost Nikolai Volkov and they thought well, actually we're going to slot we've got we're quite strong on the babyface side but I thought this was a bit of a strange one and actually um when they announced him they talked about some of his achievements which I thought was a bit of an odd you know, yeah. an odd thi- odd thing, really. But yeah, I'm not sure Williams was quite right in this in this heel role, um, and I don't think he he has really sort of set the world on fire. And I've seen some of his later stuff in Japan. It, this he's a really accomplished, you know, incredible wrestler. So it'll be interesting yeah. how his character evolves from here. Um, so Mike Jackson, who had a bit of a starring role last week, is Williams' opponent, and um, Watts calls him an, impre- an impressive little grappler, and he is on the offense briefly at the start. What says that Mid South is known as the toughest wrestling environment in the world. And again, he talks about the pressure that Reed Pot and JYD and adds into the mix his personal problems and how he did not meet want to meet the challenge of the match. So again, really reiterating how disappointed he is here. Um and trying to put over the fact that Butchery has kind of driven him out of the promotion. Um, I thought this actually got pretty good with Jackson again um, getting back on top. Though he gets caught trying to hit a head scissors, and Williams instead smashes him with a running power slam for the win in two forty five. Um, so what do you think of this short match between um, Steve Williams and Mike Jackson?
1: Yeah, it was the way he expected it. He just introduced a, um, a, an open challenge, isn't he, for his helmet. So I expected him to win it straight away. Um, the, the, going back to the helmet thing, there was an element... Do you think it was like an element of the... Do you remember the cut angle Crispin Wild feud over the gold medals? Like, yeah. Do you think that's essentially what it was, his own achievements, and they're sort of using it in Yeah,
0: there's, in the, Yeah, absolutely. I think that... Um, there's, there's been there's examples right now. AEW has got one. They've got a FTW World Championship that Taz used to have an ECW. There was a thing recently in WWE where someone created their own United States Championship, and now they've merged two belts and they've kept the one that the other guy created. So this is this is not a new thing. Like in yeah, terms yeah. of people either taking belts from people or creating things, million dollar championship in WWE, um, yeah, of WWF course. that Ted Bill had. So yeah, this it's just I think they just use a different rather than it being a belt or something else. So they they've used the um, They've used the helmet here rather than the uh, <laughs> rather than the belt. So uh, there's two on one action coming next as Hacksaw Jim Duggan is up against Randy Barber and Don Sanders. And um, Duggan gets a nice reaction from the crowd. And Watts talks about Duggan having firmed up his upper body and that his conditioning has improved. I um, mean, he's running about two miles a day and also he's in the gym every day. I don't think two miles is all that impressive, really. I think no, not, no, in it. it. No, I no. run two miles like two miles a day easy. So yeah, I did not think that there, is hung over. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I suppose for a big guy like that, if he's not been doing anything and you're doing that every day, you're probably burning through the calories. But yeah, I, I, I thought that, but then perhaps, perhaps, you know what, I wouldn't be surprised if he was running two miles a day. And that's that's what is, he's just being honest. He's like, yeah, he's running two miles a day, he's got in the yeah. gym, you know, et cetera. So, I mean, perhaps if I was 250 pounds or something, I would think that running two miles a day was a bit a bit more impressive than my skinny wretched frame basically. I'm well, um, 202 pounds and running two miles is easy, so yeah, You know what, no it's funny you said that because the other day I weighed myself and I was 201, which is the heaviest I've ever been. Wow. Yeah, lockdown. down. <laughs> like, basically the last few weeks of, uh, as a sort of, sort of, especially UK listeners will know, so the sport here is on, pretty much everything is on, but you can't go. So I've been going around na- your nan, my mum's, to watch Fulham, uh, apart from the, the the playoff second leg and the final. And we just got takeaway every time I've been over this. It's like yeah, I've yeah. been in it out. And like, <laughs> we've been eating quite hearty at, hearty, hearty at home. So I've been doing quite a lot of exercise. I've just got this like pregnant lockdown belly that's not really working <laughs> for me at the moment. Especially as the shirt I wore, I, I was sad enough to wear a... Fulham shirt to the pub the other night, and it was like a 1984 Fulham Umbro shirt. I think it was 84 or 85, and it's quite on the tight side, so I had to do the whole like T-shirt underneath to try and keep the gut in rather than yeah, like, yeah, exposing yeah. it. Constantly yeah. pulling it as you sat down. Like, yeah, exactly, especially, old... especially in a football shirt. It wasn't, just wasn't a good look. <laughs> so uh, back from break, we have Josh Stroud versus Hercules Hernandez, and Jim Cornette does a great job introducing Hercules, and he says he has a $10,000 punch um, what says it's rumored that Hercules bench presses over five hundred pounds, and then Hercules gets Stroud. What is that in kilos? Let's let's work this out. Come on, let's. Uh, five hundred. Uh, it's two hundred
1: and two. Uh, sorry, it's two point two pounds per kilo, isn't it? So, so almost half, essentially, which would be probably, I think, what maybe like a hundred and so no,
0: two, bloody hell, that'd be like two hundred and twenty-six, two hundred and twenty-six kg bench press. Oh yeah. my. God. Joe, <laughs> you know I again I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's I wouldn't be surprised if that's real. I, I I think that they deal in truth here. I I I genuinely think that's probably probably right. I mean the thing is he's got that Cushakru uh, sorry, Hercules, he's gotta be legit 280, 290, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So he's not lifted. I mean I don't know what what's what's good at bench press? Half body weight? Might yeah, I'd really probably say be... so, yeah. Half your body weight. Yeah, yeah, so perhaps he perhaps he is perhaps he um Sorry, not half your body weight. What am I talking about? So, yeah, no, actually, could he do that? 500 pounds? Like, is it almost no, like double, double body not. weight? No, that's not, I don't think that's possible at all. I don't right. think there's any... Like, the world record would be significantly less than that. So, Let's have a look. World record for bench press. So, oh. we're going off a bit of a tangent here. <laughs> so, the, as of 2020, the world record bench press without any equipment um, was set by American Julius Maddox at 770 pounds. Um, so the current oh, world. Right. What's the, what's the difference between uh, equipped equipped record or non-equipped? I don't know what that is because it says the current world equipped record. Uh, oh, with shirt. I don't know, I don't know what that means. It's five hundred and one kilos, so one thousand one hundred and five pounds. So obviously, that's some, that's easier, I guess. Um, yeah. That way, but yeah, may, maybe that is legit. Maybe it's true. That's yeah, maybe that's would... legit. They're numbers I will never, ever hit as a human being. No. And so, fair play if he is. That is absolutely incredible. I mean, I wonder player. what he deadlifts if he can do a bench of 500 pounds. That's incredible. But yeah, or um, well, squat. The squat must be
1: insane if, you yeah, squat I like, bet. if he's squat like
0: But then, he was, he was probably like six foot, wasn't he? And he's absolutely... I mean, I'm sure there's some chemical help in there. But he's huge, and he's shredded at the same time, which is quite yeah. a, a rare occurrence. Um, so what says it's rumoured we've said I've said that rumoured that bench press is over £500 Hercules gets Stroud in the Shinomaki submission early um, which is basically the million dollar dream uh, and Stroud passes out in a minute Um, I said a few weeks ago actually we talked about this didn't we about the, the, the pass out yeah it's an odd thing because you would now if you were doing that you'd have someone tapping out straight away wouldn't you rather than passing out or passing yeah. out it's probably too much of a baby face move isn't it really yeah yeah
1: like the, the way that he does it where well, it's wrapped the arms above as well isn't it it's absolutely ridiculous mm. like, I, I really
0: don't like that so like, I really don't like that um, submission I think the problem with that move and there's a few there's, it, there's a few others there's a guy called Sonado who does um, a skull end move in New Japan which is a bit like a dragon sleeper but he has it over the forehead and it's like the guys he's got it on are always really, really sweaty. So you could literally just pull your head out at any yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. You literally, I remember we had it on, on Okada. Like he's had three, three or four matches of Okada, and it's like, please, please stop doing this dreadful move. And they have a really good match, and he sticks him in that for five minutes, and Okada never submits. And it's just like, I think the problem with modern-day MMA fans, and if you've watched MMA and UFC and stuff for the yeah. last sort of 15 years, some of these old submissions that are, you know, they aren't really a submission. it is it is a bit more difficult on the eye, I think. Um, and and this is this is this is one. But I'm sure there's probably a way you could non what you know, you could you could get something out of that. But perhaps you know Yeah, it would hurt. It would
1: hurt. Especially if it was around the temples it would hurt. But like yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah. more than like has it in New Japan when Sonala does it, is anyone actually just Sort of just slip the head out. Oh, or? they do
0: eventually, yeah. Oh right, okay, cool. Yeah, so I'm it's glad just it the, does happen that way. Yeah, but... they do they do eventually. But I remember the Undertaker's uh, Hell's Gate, which is which is a legit submission. So a Goga Plata is a real thing in MMA. And if yeah. you Google it, you probably, probably like you could probably find two or three clips of people part, like tapping out to that. But yeah. actually, it's like a triangle, but your head's above the knee and the knee, the, the, the shin is pushing against your neck and you're pulling down on the head, but you're, you're not over the top of the head. So it's yeah, like yeah. you could really easily break out of that. I'm sure there's probably situations where people have been caught in that. But yeah, again, that always used to do my head in when he, when he used to do that as well. So like just do a triangle if you're going to do that. I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's easy enough to work. So, um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so um, Her- Cornet and Hercules have pleased themselves in the ring and Hercules has ins- adds insult to injury by stomping Stroud while he was on the ground. Um, the crowd start reacting, and Duggan is out there, even though it seems like it takes an eternity for him to get down to rip the ring. <laughs> Did you notice that? It's like the yeah, crowd's yeah. cheering. It's like he's just not there. He's not there. He's not there. Yeah, he they were for ages, and it yeah, was yeah. the
1: slowest, nicest little walk, little stroll down there. <laughs> like if I was Josh shroud I'd be losing my but. I like, hurry up,
0: mate. Like, yeah, exactly. I completely agree. Uh, so he finally gets out there, and what stresses that there is not a match signed, um, and the two finally go at it, and what was actually a really good brawl. So this is Duggan and Hercules, and they yeah. go back and forth here with Hacksaw getting on. Top for the Midnight Express come out and try and make the save. Um, on the outside, Cornette is spraying a towel with what's described as ether. Um, the three men in the ring take over on Duggan and hold him down while Cornette smothers him um, with the towel, as what says that you can smell the ether. I and mean, I just thought, where are the other baby faces here? I know it took Duggan a half an hour to get down to the ring, but they can see that he's outmanned. And it's just like, yeah. you know, where are they? So Cornette pulls scissors out and starts trying to cut Duggan's hair before Sonny King makes a really terrible looking save. Um, And then Terry Taylor is out and slams Eaton's head into the post. Um, And as bad as King's offense looked here, um, this was a red hot angle with a crowd like just massively, massively into it. Into Duggan coming out and then, you know, into being angry that he'd been, you know, outmanned basically here and outnumbered. what says so they stopped Doug and getting a vicious haircut, um, which I'm sure can't have been as bad as the vicious one I suffered at the hands of my wife during the early days of lockdown. <laughs> um, so what did you think of the match and the predominantly the post-match angle? Here?
1: Yeah, the match was really cool. Obviously, it was more oriented towards the, uh, the back end of it, but like that got a little bit naughty, I thought, with the guy. To me, I didn't hear him say the Ethan, so I thought he was whipping out tower chloroform. Oh, well, I think that's that's basically what it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was yeah like, oh my yeah. god, this is like this is next level story, right? Like, yeah.
0: like this is um, Saturday morning on TV with a, with <laughs> eat, eat, Bobby Eaton busted wide open and like yeah. you, you're basically ch- you're kind of half killing someone, like putting them to sleep, basically. So but yeah, imagine
1: you're led there and you're getting beat up and there's a bloke's got a, uh, a towel full the chloroform and trying to put you to sleep. And the last thing you can see when you're rolling over is Sonny King running out to help you. you would be <laughs> absolutely
0: off for God's sake. Oh, Do King's going to end up smashing into you rather than the <laughs> exactly. person he's trying to save him from? Um, but yeah, I this is uh, aside from Sonny King's bit that this this is a really good angle. And um, so next up, Watts runs down what we've just seen, and we get a video package on Terry Taylor set to Rod Stewart's "Do You Think I'm Sexy." Um, have we seen this before? Have I seen yeah. this to somebody else? Yeah, we no, have. We were, but, yeah.
1: No, we, were, we were talking about, was it the same promo that they use on other ones? Because I'm pretty sure I've seen this one before. Yeah, we um, have. They do
0: repeat videos. They probably they probably play a video three or four times. Uh, oh, I, mean, I, get, yeah. I mean, I don't blame them because I'd imagine in 1984, this probably took them, I know how bad it is editing a podcast without any video. Uh, I imagine this probably took Joe Watts about six months to put these videos <laughs> together. Like, and they probably, do you know what? They probably would have been cut, literally physically cutting the reels of film, I reckon, back then. Because yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It wouldn't have been digital, would it? So no, you'd so, yeah. No, you'd have been oh, in you know, a big incredible. red room. Where it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it would have been yeah. exactly that. So, so, actually, when you think about it, some some of this stuff is, uh, is 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 pretty incredible. Really, they took the time to do this because it's much cheaper, much simpler, just to, just to shoot with a couple of cameras. The actual wrestling stuff. Um, so yeah this is this is the promo um, we've previously seen um, it's the one when Terry's out to dinner with a lady that looks bored um, but then he turns things around and <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. with him. Uh so Absolute gangster isn't he? He's, yeah. and he? what a wingman he would be like. <laughs> Oh, big oh. time. Terry Taylor and the Rock and Roll Express in 1984 but the problem is they I think that you would I think that let let's say all most of the ladies would be interested in them rather than anybody oh, else. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. that would be the problem. You like um, Terry, mate? Calm
1: it down, a sec. Can you let me chat? One, come on, <laughs> mate. Like, I think
0: that would be a that would be a kebab and a beer when you get home, and maybe a little tear in the eye once you've gone out with those. Two. <laughs> so they would have cleaned up. Um, easy. yeah, absolutely. So after the video, we're back with Watts and Ross, uh, and Ross thinks that the general consensus from all the ladies in the Mid South area is that Terry Taylor is sexy. Uh, I think we agree. Um, T- 10%. <laughs> yeah, hundred um, percent. Terry Taylor is in the ring now, TV title medal around his neck, and he is up against Art Cruz. Um, Taylor nearly catches him with a roll up very early here. uh, Watts runs through Sonny King saving Duggan from a haircut. Um, Watts says he's looking forward to the television main event, even though it's a non-title match between the Fantastics and the Midnight Express. Um, Art Cruz gets into the match and goes for a small package, which both men fight and reverses a couple of times, which is quite a nice spot. Taylor then gets back on top and fires in with a good reverse elbow, and then a flying forearm for the win after a nice exchange in 354. And um, I like this actually. I thought it was just decent action. What did you think of this uh, this match between? Uh, yeah, it's and good. Yeah.
1: I thought it was the best one so far, the best match I've seen um, on Mid-South so far. Um, The fans are absolutely insane as well, aren't they? They're so loud and uh, they are incredible. Um, The cradle, though, I thought was really weird. They were just sort of like rolling around like a football in the wind. Oh, I like
0: that. I like that. Yeah, I did. I really like that. So they're basically reversing, so basically Taylor got him in a cradle and then he reversed him but kept in the cradle. But I've seen... I've probably said uh, there must. There's probably some famous matches that have been won, like like world championship matches where someone's gone for a cradle or small package and they've been reversed and caught with their own. So yeah, I actually yeah, quite yeah. like that, yeah. But that happened
1: like four or five. I get it when it's reversed. It was probably once. four like reversals, four, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Which was
0: quite cool, but then
1: it was like, I didn't know whether it was planned or not because I didn't know whether... Yeah, because the ref didn't know what he was counting either. Yeah, so yeah, So like, yeah. he sort of like, looked like he stopped counting at one point and then he started the count and then, yeah, it was just really... But it was
0: quite cool as well. Yeah, um, I liked it because I like stuff where... I like those finishes and I, I don't like some of the Formula matches you tend to get to. And actually, although I love New Japan, New Japan is really bad for this because virtually every New Japan match will win with a finisher. You'll never get a roll-up or yeah. something. Like Bret Hart used to win like things like a little roll-up. I know I remember beat Deezer for the title at Survivor Series 95 with a little roll-up. And I just think if, you, if this was – you can't – you're not watching wrestling all the time thinking, well, that didn't look real, that didn't look real, that didn't look real, because you'd be doing that the whole time. But actually, if you were really in a wrestling match with someone and you'd gone 30 minutes or 25 minutes, well, you, I know this is short, but whatever – and you, you, what your your aim is to try and get their shoulders down for, th- for three seconds, basically. So yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. you can imagine going for like a sneaky little, you know, yeah. a sneaky little roll-up or something to try and get it rather than like a big move all the time. So I, yeah, I think this worked for me. Yeah, um, yeah, So back from break, Bill Watts says there's been some one-sided negotiations with Jim Cornette trying to cancel the match uh-huh. versus the Fantastics. Um, And Smith said that, Grizzly Smith said that the match is signed. And if Eaton can't compete after being hurled into the ring post earlier on, they'll have to get a substitute. Uh, So Corner is in the ring and he says this match is taking place under protest. After Eaton was injured in what he called a cowardly attack, Smith tried to talk him into putting his bodyguard, Hercules Hernandez, in as a substitute. But that would give Jim Duggan a chance to jump him from behind. He's too smart for that. So he got the best man he could could to replace Eaton, and he introduces Crusher Khrushchev, and he's going to team with Dennis Condry. Um, So the Fantastics are out to a really strong reaction from the crowd, um, matching white jackets, bow ties, blue trunks, white boots, looking great. Um, This is a really fast paced start with all four men in in until Khrushchev and Condry take over. Ross talks about how the Fantastics were mentally prepared to take on Eaton and Condry, um, and clearly there's going to be a change of strategy here, which I thought, again, was a nice touch from Ross. Khrushchev misses a charge into the corner and they tease the hot tag, but Fulton can't make it to Rogers. Finally, Fulton makes the hot tag to Rogers, who shows great fire on both men and hits two really good-looking drop kicks. Fulton is back with a blind tag as Rogers hits the ropes and takes a backdrop from Condry, but Fulton is in position behind him to roll him up for the three count as Rogers deposits Khrushchev's attempt to break up the pin with a drop kick. Cornett is crying foul in the ring, but the result stands. Um, this was a slightly weird finish here with Rogers no telling the back job, but the crowd loved it. Um, and this was really good action from start to finish. What did you think of this one between uh, the Fantastics and Khrushchev and Condry? Yeah, it was really good.
1: Um, I thought it was a great match. I love the hot tag. The hot tag was absolutely awesome. Yep. Um, I know you've been playing. Finally, I've mentioned this in the first episode of Watch, that with Khrushchev, they don't really do the brush USA thing, but the commentators seem to be talking about that quite a lot. Um but also it sounds really weird and it is sort of putting me off a bit now that I've seen a few different mid uh, matches. Look I love Cornet, I think Cornet's absolutely amazing. But like watching her uh Hercules Hernandez and just stood outside the room in a pair of pants with his arms crossed. But like, it's just like imagine if somebody said to you, like, uh, Stephen, "Would you mind just putting his pair of pants and just standing out there, with your arms crossed?" Well, what was yeah, you
0: said? Why is he not dressed in street gear? Yeah, because like he's got bro- he goes, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So it must
1: yeah. be so weird for him. Um, but that, but yeah, that being said, guy.
0: though, if you look like that, would you ever wear anything other than small pants? Oh yeah, if I was a bullard, I'd never wear a t shirt again. Yeah, I'd I'd wearing- be, <laughs> I would Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. The reason is I completely get what you're saying, and yeah, perhaps yeah. a bodyguard would look would look you know would be more you know, more normal look in like a, maybe a suit and tie or something like that. But they want to show that like, this 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 guy's got the best body in the promotion. I would say and they want it, they want it out there don't they yeah, so that makes does sense. Make sense yeah
1: it was cool to see Fantastics as well properly the two episodes that we I watched uh, before the podcast before uh, the Fantastics uh, got cancelled for the last match and oh, yeah, they yeah. ended up doing uh, three minutes and the, t- the TV time just ticked over and then the match ended halfway through so it was great to finally see the Fantastics
0: because they built up so much so and they do look absolutely awesome as well yeah. so I yeah. hadn't seen too much of them because they didn't have a run in the WWF at all and I and, I, and Watch WCW stuff late '80s and early '90s is a bit scarce here, but every fan I've seen of these guys is, is is been really strong so far. Yeah, um, yeah. So Buddy Landell versus Brickhouse Brown is up next. He's making his mid South debut, and um, Brickhouse actually. Uh, sorry, Bick has debuted himself in mid-1983 um, and had been mainly a fixture of Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling in late 83 and into 84 before making the switch to Memphis in April 84. Um, and then he followed that with a run in Florida prior to um, his Mid-South debut here. So Landell grabs the microphone from Boyd and asks why Mid-South is keeping him down and this geek can't tie his boots he said they're basically making excuses for JYD. Um, he stumbled his words a bit here. Uh, perhaps he'd been out watching football in the pub two nights previously. Um, oh, basically, yeah. Yeah, but basically he's, he's scared. Um, I didn't think this... Landale's been so good on, on on a promo so far, but I didn't think this was classic from him. Um, he calls JYD a scared rabbit and asks where Magnantier is as well. Um, and he calls Brickhouse... Br- Brickhouse, quacky, i just said that, someone's stumbling, <laughs> and I'm stumbling right <laughs> over the place. He calls Brickhouse a geek again, and then the match starts with Landell trying and failing to attack for the bell. Um, so I'm just going to quickly run through this match, and then we'll get your thoughts on this whole thing. So Brickhouse lands a couple of drop kicks and a Russian leg sweep for the win in 31 seconds. So clean as a whistle, straight up, win 31 seconds. Landell can't believe it, and he's protesting about what happened. He calls for Brickhouse to come back. Um, the ref tries to stop him on the outside, but he does then come back to the ring. Um, and they get into it again. Um, and Landell briefly takes over on Brickhouse before he gets him again with a couple of drop kicks, um, and the Russian leg sweep. He then goes to the top rope with a missile drop kick. And bizarrely, the ref counts a three count again, even though we haven't heard a bell. Um, so this was—I just—I mean—I thought this was an absolute burial of Buddy Landell here, who he wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't leaving the promotion. He's back the following week. Um, so yeah, I thought this was bizarre. I mean, to talk about—I don't know whether this was a—you know—this was a Wattsism that he wanted to get—you um, know—another babyface over because he because he'd lost um, JYD. But this yeah. was this was this was a—you know—an interesting use of um, of Buddy Landell, who'd been kind of pushed in the. Towards the, towards the top end of the of the kind of heel side of things here. So what did you what did you think of this this introduction of Brickhouse and the kind of two match two squash matches we got back to back here?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, I I thought um, so far actually I thought uh, Brickhouse is the best person I've seen. Um, not just because of the squash, but he looks so athletic yeah. in a time to me where everyone is sort of the same wrestler, uh, arm drags and just a few body sounds. So he looked absolutely incredible, really athletic. His um, drop kicks are really high. I thought it was amazing, but um, yeah, it was quite interesting to see. So when they did the re- uh, reset, I thought, our oh, uh, body's going to win this now." So I didn't expect him to win twice. I didn't even expect him to win the first time.
0: So yeah, nor did I. Nor did I. I thought, you know, I thought there'd be some screwy finish or something here. And then, yeah, that's what I thought, to, yeah, yeah, for him to get to get the win again was um, was so was, clean both times as well, wasn't it? Yeah, so. really, really interesting use of Landell here. But clearly, clearly, this is this is this is what they what they call what people call hot shot booking in terms of. They've lost a big name baby face. This guy's debuting. This may not have been the plan. Let's get him over. Let's put him over Buddy Landell. It's really, really strong and hard quickly. Um, and that's what they did here. Um, okay, so to close the show, we have a video package on what what's caused the most bizarre apparition ever in wrestling. And um, the individual will be here in two weeks uh, so this is set to a song called "I'm in Love with Me" by Exotic Adrian Street and the Piledrivers. And um, Adrian was actually born in Wales, so we have our second Brit on the show since I started watching, with the first being Gentleman Chris Adams. Now, I don't think he appeared in in ring; I think it was just it was just promos, actually. So perhaps this is the first Brit in in my time watching. And um, so this shows Adrian with his blonde hair in pigtails, singing along to his theme tune. He's checking himself out in a mirror and alongside some rent, relatively scantily clad women. Um, Adrian is in full sparkly and glittery makeup and lipstick Um, and while I actually haven't seen much of this act before um, as I was making my notes here I was already sort of fearing watching slash reviewing what they're going to do with this character in the coming weeks uh, because I I suspect this this is going to be one of those situations where this is something that was done of the time that looking at it you know, 20, well, what are we, 36 years on, is going to be a difficult one. Yeah, I, you, you, I yeah, think you it's know where be I'm bad. going here. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going, going to be, be It's going to be really bad, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, to, to draw a loose comparison, um, <laughs> if you think early gold dust, um, but actually, to be fair to them, there wasn't anything super offensive in this, but you can potentially see, you know, where this is going. So, What, what, did, you, what did you what did you think of this uh, this introduction here?
1: So I did put a gold dust question mark. Question mark. Yes, um, yeah. The really eccentric sort of, not trans, but really sort of um, camp uh, character. You know it's going to be politically horrific. Yes. Um, yeah. Introducing this character. Um, I, I, do you know what? The promo was what I expected from 1984 wrestling show. It was yeah. like, what am I watching? This is probably not the three minutes I'd show anyone who's tr- I'm trying to get into myself.
0: But, no, no.
1: Um, but I'll tell you what, I did. and I'm glad you said it. The song was amazing. I really yeah. like that song. So I Shazam it, and Shazam didn't even know what it was. So was oh, like, my oh, my Shazam guys. worked for it. Oh, did it. My oh, yeah. Shazam didn't. So yeah, my Shazam like... worked
0: for it. Maybe it wasn't loud enough when you were listening. To it. Yeah, my Shazam worked for it. So, yeah, I yeah. I actually really liked it was that by song, him. So. He, it was by him as well. Yeah, he was the uh, yeah. one singing. Yeah, I mean, Agent Street was quite a big big deal here. I mean, I get. I guess you know we can't not talk about it. But what the, what this potential? And I I'm presuming a little bit because I haven't seen it yet. But I'm presuming that this is kind of a. Um, a man playing a role with you know, fe- you know, fe- traditionally feminine makeup on, perhaps a you know a traditionally feminine haircut, etc., to be booed, and that is you know in 2020 and before that is you know that is something that's a bit you know people you wouldn't do that today you wouldn't have a character a man that was you know. Maybe in a you know traditional gender roles, whatever. you know, it's difficult to know what even to say about it. Really, isn't it? Really, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, is that, that exactly, coming right? across offensive. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this this is what it is. It, it's it's pushing a man in eighty four acting in uh, in in a way to try and get to try and get booze, which is which is interesting. But we'll sit. We'll see how this plays out because he, he is around in mid south for a little while. Um, and back at the desk, Watt says that was Agent Street. And he doesn't know what to say about it. Be your own judge. But he'll be there in two weeks again. I. Fair enough. You know, he didn't, he didn't say anything, anything offensive here. Um, yeah. We'll see where we go. Um, so Sonny King and PYT will be there next week. Um, Ross says that Duggan has demolished the dressing room area and can't be contained. Um, they recap the rest of the show, which was really newsworthy, with the update on JYD and obviously his departure. Brickhouse Brown double squash over Landell and the Fantastics win over Khrushchev Kr- and Condry. Um, so what do you think overall of the August 18th, 1984 episode of Miss South Wrestling?
1: Yeah, it's a good episode. I did like it. I'm, I'm glad I finally got to see the Fantastic. Um, they introduced Brickhouse Brown as an absolute beast. Um, going back to what we said earlier about the Jyd thing, the amount that they spoke about him, even though he was leaving, made it seem like it was a work. I thought it was a storyline. So, oh, I, okay, yeah. Reflecting back on it, I I, I thought it, like now that you said it, I just assumed that Jyd was going to come back. So, and maybe even this episode. So, I assumed he was going to turn up in this episode. So, which Do you was know a little what? Confusing.
0: I- Actually, I think I'm I, um, Phil. was on last week. I think we ex- we exchanged. I'm sure it was w- with us. We exchanged messages about this, and I think he said that when he was watching this the first time round, he thought actually this was going to be um, you know potentially um, a return of um, JYD's kind of alter ego, the Stagger Lee. So actually, he okay. thought exactly what you thought. Yeah, that, I'm just looking at it now. He thought this was an angle because actually back then. Um, Dave Meltzer's wrestling observer newsletter was a thing but you're talking about a tiny 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 amount of people that even knew it existed because yeah. you would have only got that if you'd have been maybe leaflets at a live show or maybe an advert in one of the more inside wrestling magazines which weren't all that prevalent at this stage um, there were more there were some there were some inside magazines but this they, I would think it, I think it's probably fair to say they became more of a thing 85 86 onwards rather than rather than this yeah, period yeah. now um, so You're you're coming back to review. You've not had enough of episode two five (laughs) eight. You're coming back to review uh, episode two five nine. So, Mm -hmm. um, where can people find you on uh, on Twitter if they want to, you know, listen to Liverpool? You know, UFC. We've got no UFC predictions. Is is there a UFC this weekend? Actually. Uh uh, okay. yeah go on yeah, sorry go ahead there oh, the yeah, UFC... I think there is, there is UFC event this weekend yes yeah, UFC uh, on ESPN alright well let's yeah. let's do as you're on the UFC expo I what, I meant to go back and listen to your predictions last time um, and actually see whether got, <laughs> you, how many you got right because I think you got the majority right didn't you do you, do you remember yeah I, I'm,
1: I, I, didn't get, I did predict, uh, predict Aldo to beat Jan which was wrong uh, mm-hmm. but I think that's the only one I got wrong uh, what's I'm trying to get the event up of who's fighting because I'm. Oh, yeah, a, I've, I've got been. it here. So
0: this, this is this is this is a ESPN Plus show, isn't it? I think. Or um. Yeah, yeah. So we've got so uh, main event: Derek Lewis versus Alexi Olenek. Um,
1: I have Olenek winning it. Uh, Derek Lewis just uh, Olenek's a great grappling, great wrestling. Derek Lewis is punch of power. It's not going to happen. No, he's a veteran uh, Olenek and. He's going to take it down, absolutely exhaust him and it'll be done and busted that way. I think it'll be a really boring main event I think it'll be a um,
0: decision win to Oh, I look forward to watching that on Sunday then, great. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, there's some difficult names to pronounce in this. Amari Ekmeidov versus Chris Akhmedov, Weidman. Yeah. Uh,
1: this, this is uh, chucking Chris Weidman a bone. He's uh, he's one of five in his last uh, six wow. fights. So, uh, because he's a big enough name they're giving him a win so I, I have him winning that one.
0: Was Weidman on the... On the juice, steroids, etc. I can't remember if he was one of the people that was... I don't
1: think he was, no. No? Like, he just moved up to... Um, he moved up to light like, heavyweight for a little bit, got absolutely smashed, and he's gone back down to middleweight. Mm. Um, so, yeah, mate, he just keeps losing, keeps losing, so...
0: Yeah, because I, I wonder... Because, obviously, Weidman, when he beat Anderson Silva, like, that was, like, absolutely unbelievable. And I really like his walk-on music as well. But he... Um, yeah, he's uh, he's certainly... What I can't even remember what happened with the middle... So, how did the middleweight title get from him to the guy that Bisping beat? Did did <laughs> So it went from Anson to White. This is like the middleweight belt was
1: absolutely incredible uh, mm. and then it just went down the drain. So in the space of like a year it went from Anson to Bisping, Bisping to Luke Rockhold, Rockhold to um, uh, sorry, uh, um, Anson to uh, Weidman, Weidman to Rockhold, Rockhold yep. to Bispin, Bispin to GSP. GSP dropped the belt.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, it's mad. Um, and then
1: it? it went to I think uh Gasselin and then Whitaker and now it's on Israel. So it's just like this belt has just been chucked about and passed you, about. Yeah
0: you need you need I th- I always think the wrestling the same you want you want a champion to have it for a while and then build up challenges and, and actually you, you almost want I think this is why McGregor was was good and always had you know has been um that there's there's an it, you think that he can be beaten, can't you, I think? And that's the thing yeah. with it. You want, to, you, want to, you want to see the fight because you feel like you might lose. So we're, there's a couple, couple more on the main cards we've got. Um, Mackie Patolo, I've never heard of, versus Darren Stewart.
1: Yeah, so Patolo, he uh, he lost at USC 243, so, uh, and Darren Stewart. <coughs> I'm pretty sure it's his USC debut, so um it'll be interesting. So I'm going to assume that it's going to be um, Stewart because Patolo, just doesn't seem that great. I don't even know why it's so high on the cards because it's a debut in, Pitolo just seems to be this average fighter. So
0: I guess they've probably run through so I mean so many so many events recently. I guess they're probably struggling for for people that are around, I guess, in a certain ex- extent. There's another yeah. two. This is the last one we're gonna do on, on uh prediction. So Yana he has got lovely hair <laughs> versus uh Julia Stoliorenko. I really did, yeah. Yeah, did a good job here <laughs> with these uh his names, I think. Yeah, yeah I know mean, Stoliorenko. and that's just on the basis I've seen her fight and I haven't seen the other one fight, so well um, you've you've heard it here first so I would say empty your savings account out <laughs> put your money on these uh, these, uh, these UFC fights so yeah sorry James where can we find you on uh, where can people find you on Twitter to say they've they've sure. on a load of money on UFC and they want to donate some of it to your, I've, your, um, your, your cause
1: I've got my Twitter handle wrong both times I've been on the show so I'm actually going to Great. get up before I say it <laughs>
0: so um so, yeah, Is it's it- at Mr. At Mr. James Margot. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, and we will be back with you next week to review the August twenty fifth, nineteen eighty four episode of Mid South Wrestling. <laughs> thank you very much for listening to this week's episode if you've enjoyed the podcast please head over to itunes where you can subscribe and perhaps you'll even be kind enough to leave me a lovely five-star review which would absolutely make my day if you're interested in guest hosting please contact me via the midsouth moments twitter account which is at mid moments and i look forward to speaking to you all again very very soon